Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. time it is time for a much less detail the podcast here with you live on a wednesday night october the 8th november the 8th 2017 i'm dre he's jay that's how bad of a week it's been i can't even get the month right i'm trying to go back to when it was a better time for me picking october was much better for me september was much better for me i don't want to think about november and it's 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 just been a bad bad last four or five weeks or so it's uh, as high as I was at the beginning of the season it's just been downhill and I don't know how to stop it's been a bit of a torturous uh last few weeks and last week in week nine was torture uh just watching games that I, I just throw my hands up in the air and go how did I miss that badly it's one thing to miss but some of these games Jason we missed like completely out of the box, no chance, no way, no how. Uh, Is there any explanation you can possibly have for this season in the NFL so far? Because I've got nothing. All I know is this last week was the week of the blowouts. I mean, there were very few actual compelling football games this last week. These games, they were over. They were over fast. And Maybe we're just having trouble, you know, believing. <laughs> you know, maybe this is the season of of the Eagles and the Jags and the Rams. And, oh my God! And that's the thing. There's some teams that are just flying high, and we refuse to believe in them. And they're just every week they're they're just showing us what they got. And I, it's it's tough. It's really tough for me to believe in in Philadelphia, for instance, knowing what they did last year. But look, they're eight and one, so they're doing something right, obviously. And then we all need to recognize that it's tough to believe in the Rams after seeing Jared Goff last year. But he's much much improved, obviously. And it's time to start. It's time to start paying these guys the respect that that, that they deserve. The, the tricky part, of course, is how much respect is too much and we start being burned once we start paying them this respect. Yeah, you know, I tried to I tried to collapse the Eagles season a few weeks ago by picking them, and then they won, and then I went right back to picking against them, and they just, they just keep winning. Um, we watched the Eagles. I'm sure we were both stunned that the fact that they put up 51 on the Broncos. 51. That was an NFL defense they were playing against, unlike the Rams, who also put up 51. But, yeah, there's those two teams again. The Rams and the Eagles put up 51 points each. And it's those offenses that have turned things around for both of those franchises after they go one and two with those two quarterbacks that we've made so much fun of over the the last couple years. 
and I was hearing on uh, one of these ESPN recap shows about Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Uh, not only are they giving haters like me the finger and, and everybody else, but uh, they're doing it in historic fashion. This was the first time this past Sunday that the number one and number two quarterbacks in the same draft class, the two quarterbacks that went one and two in the same draft class, each threw for four touchdowns on the same week. So on the ever. same day, uh, ever in the history wow. of football, any the two quarterbacks that went one two. There's there's a couple combinations out there of quarterbacks that went one two, such as Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, and uh, of course uh, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. But they've never had four touchdown days each one of those two quarterbacks. But these two did it, and you talk about the most unlikely pair to do it. Those two, after what we saw from 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 golf last year and. Uh, the, the sort of fall back to earth of Wentz uh, after he started hot last year. Those are that's that's the last two quarterback that combinations that I would think would throw for four touchdowns each. But I tell you, it's there's a lot going on there. There's coaching going on. There's uh, playmaking going on, uh, and it, it's it's really interesting to watch some people break it down that know a lot more about football than I. Because what they point when they point out some of these plays that are being drawn up by the Eagles and the Rams and the, their coaching staffs, it, it's it's sort of next level. It's it's they're not doing that in in any of these other cities with their younger quarterbacks or older quarterbacks, whatever. Right now, there's some special offense being drawn up by by the uh, by the Eagles uh, uh, and the Rams. I, I I don't know what to I don't know how to put my finger on how to stop that because right now no one's stopping any of them. And then the Eagles going to add a piece by acquiring Jay a giant. I'll just mix in and break off some big runs against the Broncos as well and then get into the end zone. So the rich getting richer and there seems stopping these teams right now. I have to say I've been more impressed watching Jared Goff because of the complete 180 that he has done from the guy who we yeah. both roundly mocked last year. I gave him the you know worst rookie of the year award. I mean, he was – there were plays I, re, I can remember where he's missing wide open, completely uncovered dudes standing 15 feet away from him, 20 feet away from him, and, and he's bouncing the ball or airmailing the ball. And then I'm watching these highlights – in this Rams-Giants game, and he's dropping 60-yard dimes on these deep balls. This isn't the same guy. No. Also, this goes to our point. I think this is cementing the point for us that we've been trying to drive home about these teams like the Browns, who are schizophrenic with their quarterback decisions. If you've got a guy, and he's your guy, and you drafted him number one, let him go out there and stink. Because clearly Jared Goff has learned from those bad plays last year. He's he's picked up on the speed of the game. He's got an offensive-minded coach. But I don't think if he just sat last year or had his chain jerked all last year and he didn't go through those those trying times that he'd be performing at the level he's performing at right now. That reminds me of Chicago right now with Mitch Trubisky. And what oh, happened yeah. with Jared? 
not only what happened with Jared Goff was getting his ass kicked and, and breaking himself in and learning the speed of the game, but also the regime change, the, the offensive minds being brought in, Sean McVay and his staff. Mitchell Trubisky might have somewhat of a renaissance like that on his plate next year, but they have to change everything in Chicago. They got to get John Fox and his old cronies out of there. They got to get uh, that terrible offensive coordinator, Dowell Loggins. They got to get him out of there. It's not just learning the game. It's also getting people in there that know what they're doing, that actually have offensive minds and fresh plays and and fresh theories on the game. Uh, That's really as big of a part as anything. Uh, you got to have guys in there to take advantage when, when a guy is ready to sort of bloom and blossom and break out. No, I'm with you 100% there. I mean, at least for this season, the Bears have realized that, you know, very much like the, the Texans had realized before they realized they were sitting on a on a pot of gold, you know, these teams realize, you know what, Mike Glennon and Tom Savage, it, it – you know, or or any of the, the the Joker crew that they have backing up Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland, these are not the future of your team. You have to find out what you have when your playoff hopes are, are dim or zero. You you've just got to go out there and you got to you got to take your lumps and let these guys learn the game because it's not the college game anymore. You know, but you hopefully you go through that learning period and then you get the right offensive minds around the guys, you know, where you, where you let your quarterback throw the ball more than seven times. Yes, I know that was in a victory, but yeah. that, that that's that's the exception and not the rule. You uh, brought up Houston and I just want to flog myself for some of these awful, awful picks. Uh uh, these quarterbacks that I trusted in week nine, for whatever reason, I backed Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage, and I locked in backing Brock Osweiler, and I looked like a complete fool for doing that. We we had these quarterback changes. We had uh, sort of a new era being started by uh, Houston with, with Savage, not by choice, and by Denver with Osweiler. That's by choice. They had to sit down uh, Trevor Simeon because he was just playing awful. But, oh, my goodness. Osweiler, as soon as there was a little pressure on him by the Eagles, started looking like Osweiler throwing the ball in places that you go, why are you throwing the ball there? What are you doing? Why Why did you do that? Over and over again, just like the Osweiler that we all know and love. And Tom Savage just like the Tom Savage that we know and love, standing there, holding the ball, scared to death to do anything, just standing there, and especially that last play it, that would have won the game, still wouldn't have covered the spread, but at least would have gotten them to win on fourth down. If he, if all you throw the ball, throw the ball in the end zone, you know you're not going to win the game if you stand back there and get stripped. That's the one way you know you're not going to win. But if you let the ball go, Mr. Savage, you might actually have someone on your team catch the ball. What a concept. But he's so afraid when he gets in, in pressure situations, he's so scared to do anything. So that change, I was hoping that maybe there would be a little bit of a change in philosophy by Bill O'Brien. And I, I think there was a little. I think they uh, he did have Savage attempt more throws and more kinds of throws. He just wasn't successful because he's not very good at quarterback, despite having some some talent. Uh, but yeah, that that's uh, I 
want to apologize for those two picks because I don't, some of these other ones, you know, it didn't go my way, but those two specifically, I feel like, why did I back Brock Osweiler and, and Tom Savage knowing that they're not very good at all? And I, I'm, I, I'm really sorry for those two picks. Yeah. I, I figured that you'd be quick to bring that up um, in our last show or anyone who didn't listen to our last show, the game I wouldn't say that we talked about the most in that in that show was that Colts Texans game. I think that was probably the most heated discussion we had last week, uh, which you only get here on in much less detail. The podcast <laughs> is is a feverish heated discussion <laughs> over the, the the use of Tom Savage and me uh, locking in the Colts. Mm-hmm. So actually picking up a lock on you. So as, as lousy as I've been all year, I'm only one behind you now in the locks. I don't I don't know how that works. Uh, as, as as terrible as I've been, but that's what happens when you put lock up Brock Osweiler. So thank thank you. That's yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, catch up really quick if you keep mm-hmm. rocking up uh, locking up Brock Osweiler, but. I even I have to I get a feeling and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm gonna make an assumption here that even though you were losing overall and you were gonna lose the pick and you were gonna use you know and I was gonna get my lock on you that you'd be somewhat gloating had the Texans still won that game. Not gloating, maybe. I, I don't know if that would be the correct word necessarily, but I would be – yeah, I would have been encouraged that Tom Savage showed some growth and that Bill O'Brien showed some faith in his guy. But, no, it went right back. It went from – I still can't, can't quite understand how you go from the heights that you were flying at with Deshaun Watson crashing all the way right back down to what Tom Savage is. Are the differences between those two that great? Am I? I mean, I know they yes. seem like they are, but well, that's the well, answer. Is yes, I think the best right. thing that could have happened for you is that the Texans lost this game and that Tom Savage played fairly awful. Because had they managed to eke that out, I think you might have continued <laughs> backing. We're <laughs> um, believing in, in, in no the, the Texans are they're done. I mean. They're, they're toast. Uh, it's my it's my AFC champ. That's my Super Bowl team. That's it, man. It, it, not going to happen. Texans are toast. Packers are toast. Uh, Broncos are toast. All these teams are done. Just good night. They're all Brady Quinn done right now. Yeah, that's one young quarterback I did not back was was Brett Hundley. So I salvaged that win on Monday night. So yeah, yeah all these boy these kids did. did not a good week for the youngsters uh, in week nine. No, no. The second year guys, you know, Wentz and, you know, Dak Prescott and and Jared Goff, they played, they played well. Even Blake Bortles had another good game. Blake, yeah, not his second year though, but Blake Bortles was out no. there, you know, balling again. Uh, the, the, the resurgence of TJ Yeldon who seriously has come back from the dead. It's Halloween season. The the ghost of T.J. Yeldon. He's back. Uh, the, you know the with, it's two in a row now for the Jaguars. We're getting running game, decent running efforts from T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory. So <laughs> if if you've got that luxury, 
of those guys going out and producing for you, then you can definitely let Leonard Fournette get right for when he needs to be right and you get from him what you, you can get. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, Jay Ajayi. We had the conversation. You and I were on slightly different opinions on that one, but that's working so far for the Eagles. And and when they needed Blunt to come in there and get some tough yards, he was there. Then you had Ajayi streaking up the sideline for like 44-yard touchdown runs. It's just unbelievable that you can just plug a play like that, plug and play a guy like that and get instant results, but yet the Bills won't play – Kelvin Benjamin and the Niners won't play Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, whatever. <laughs> the Eagles, was, it was even more impressive. They mixed in two other running backs in addition to Blunt and, and Jay Ajayi. Some oh, yeah, Clement, Clement was out there again. Yeah, Clement from Wisconsin was out there again. He's the guy who made that amazing touchdown catch. On, on what I'm going to have a hard time not giving play of the year uh, consideration to that that touchdown pass that Wentz had a couple Monday nights ago, and that was to that Clement kid in the end zone. And uh, yeah, Blunt, Deniac, yeah, just crazy. The, the Eagles just look so loaded up right now, and it, it, this has come from nowhere. Nobody that I can think of in, in any of the prognostication, you know area we're watching it on ESPN or NFL network or you know websites or any of that was really going all out saying yeah Eagles you know that people were like you and I were on board with the Giants oh, uh, I don't want to everybody into that uh, well that defense right yeah that awesome defense that just sealed up the uh it, would this be our first official FedEx mail it in that was atrocious Gave what up. the Giants' defense did. They were breaking that down on the, the lead-in game on Sunday night. I don't, They don't call it football night in America anymore. I think they call it something else, whatever the hell it is now. They were, they were running some highlight packages or low-light packages for the Giants just yep. showing the amount of quit that God. their defensive players had. I mean, literally, where you were, like, measuring. You could, it, was a, it became a stat. If they had a stat for quit, you had Giants players on every play who just they were just giving up. There was a play where Eli Apple was just like, ah, fuck it, I'm not going to bother trying to tackle anybody. <laughs> you were watching the DBs just letting dudes run right by them, uh, catch balls in the end zone. They're like, ah, fuck it. They were playing the ah, fuck it defense. I've never seen that before. <laughs> it is like when they play it, when they call them the plays, they just call it, was the defensive coordinator calling in the play to the middle linebacker just going, ah, we're going to run a nah, – ah, fuck it. Fuck it. If they make up a new measurement or stat for it, it would be, you know, something like yards surrendered over replacement. Or there was more yards surrendered uh, by the Giants than there would if you put a oh. normal replacement-level defender out we, there. They led the league. Saber, saber metrics right. now here. Right, the the yards are rendered over defender. The Giants led all the football in that in Week Nine because they were, how do you give up third and thirty three for a touchdown? Not just yeah. for a, a conversion, but just let the guy keep running and, and get a touchdown. I don't even they understand give up. that. They one. gave Robert, up. Uh, yeah, no, well, I wasn't. 
was, was okay. Was that worse? Even though that was a total quit effort, was that worse than the total. the halftime play with Tyreek Hill in at the yes. Cowboys halftime? Okay. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> that was worse because that was just the team giving up. Third and thirty-three. It's yeah. worse because you have defenders at every level there. When when Robert Woods catches the ball, there's defenders. Yep. As he matriculates up the field, there's still defenders. As he gets close to converting the third down, there's still defenders. As he goes towards the end zone, there's still defenders. Defenders are there the entire way. Each step of the way, there are men in blue uniforms, and they just refuse to play football. They just refuse well, to try to tackle the guy. At least with Tyreek Hill, miracle touchdown at the end of the first half, uh, he's catching the ball in the middle of the field. Is one of those uh, everyone is back for the hail mary. All the all the cowboy defenders are back toward the goal line, expecting the hail mary from Alex Smith because the Chiefs are at midfield. And he instead he goes underneath the Tyree kill, and there's nobody around him because everyone is back deep, anticipating the hail mary. So at least with Tyree kill, there were only defenders there. The, the the last twenty yards or so, the first thirty that he ran, there's nobody around him. And then he picks his way somehow through all 11 defenders down there, gathered 20 yards uh, for the last 20 yards, and he finds a way to get into the end zone. That was bad, but they were trying. They just got out-juked and outmaneuvered by a superior athlete on, on a crazy play. The Giants weren't trying. They were not trying. They had guys there at every step of the way and just refused to try to tackle. I would have to go agree with your assessment Smith there. Oh, boy. It's awful. They had guys every step of the way and refused. They should turn in their paychecks. They did not deserve to get paid for that game because that was just an awful, awful effort. Good job. Yeah, I would have to agree with you that the Giants, the, 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 and actually if you looked at the play with the Chiefs, there was some play design there where they actually had the two receivers running down the field mm-hmm. and then threw that underneath right almost at the perfect time before those uh, receivers down the field became blockers. And then almost as soon as Tyree Kill caught the ball, those two guys running up the sideline, became blockers so you know they actually kind of helped guide him and then he just weaved his magic and you're right it was all very late in that play people who hadn't didn't see this play that we're talking about this third and 33 this was not <laughs> jared goff throwing the ball to the sticks or just heaving up a hail mary i mean it was a check down it was just a pure ah so we're gonna, we're gonna punt. We're, yeah it was basically just a quick little quick hitter wasn't overly blocked. The the Giants no. just stopped playing. Right. You don't have to block when the other guys aren't pursuing. When <laughs> right. they don't no, pursue nah, your... Yeah. That's exactly what they did. Oh, fuck it. Uh, you, when I start going screaming A. Smith, you know that. I, that, that there's got to be a, a worst play of the year or some sort of award up for that because that was just... That was atrocious. So th- that's yeah. the... I think I've been calling uh, for the Browns to be uh, FedEx mail it in team uh, as bad as they've been playing, and maybe a couple of other teams. But what that that effort that the Giants just put out there yeah. that was that was that that you could smell that from here. That's how bad that was. You know, we expected the Browns to be bad. 
Yeah. I don't think anybody expected the Giants to be this bad and to basically have just quit on their on their coach, on each other. The Giants are a, a talented team who have just completely quit. They are mailing it in. No doubt about it. I don't have a yeah, I don't we, have a sound effect for our, our mail it in uh, team, but I don't no, know what we, we would need use one. for that. Yeah, I, I okay. So instead of kicking ourselves too much here, I think we've been beating ourselves up. It was with a, you know five seven and one. That's not much to write home about, right? But let's at least talk about one game that I don't know if we could have nailed any more accurately than we did. I'm talking about that Redskins Seahawks game. Hmm. We were completely in lockstep on the Seahawks coming off that game up, uh, up there against Houston, coming into a letdown. The, the the blueprint was almost perfect for what you know. I know I described in that game, which was that the Seahawks were going to basically be losing, and then just like suddenly just wake up and decide to start playing right at the end, just enough to get that that final that final score. What we did not anticipate was that the Seahawks would let the Redskins run right by them down the field and, and set up <laughs> and get the game-winning touchdown of their own um, because that was patented Russell Wilson sleepwalking for the whole game and then goes, oh, oh shit, I got to engineer a quick comeback here so we can get a, uh, get a really cheap win that we just don't deserve. And th- it was all right there for them. And, hey, we got to feel good about that one because we both were on the Redskins in that game. Um, I'm not sure we had them to win. I don't think we did, but we had them to hang tough. Um, it, it almost pre- almost predicted the exact manner of their defeat, which would have been yeah, impressive. They couldn't hold that last lead that Russell Wilson fought back to give them because the Legion of Room, as you have anointed, anointed right. them as t- at times, uh, they they had a, they've had a crummy uh, last two weeks. The Legion of Room had, especially. Uh, yeah. uh, Shaq Griffin supposed to be the heir apparent at cornerback. He was getting abused out there. Uh, yeah, the last thing you can yeah, do they, is let guys get behind you at the end of the game like that. And what what are you doing? Uh, that's a bad day at the office, son. That's a that's a real bad day. Uh, and a couple of other factors in there that maybe should have tipped anyone else off to the fact that the Seahawks have some issues. Anointing Eddie Lacy as your lead back before the game. How long did that last? Was it six plays? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I I did proclaim him before the season as the free agent bust signing of the year. I'm looking pretty good. Well, he might get beat out on his own team. That place kicker. Oh, they need. He needs to go now. You when know, your place kicker is historic no. for missing field goals. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I didn't mean. To don't you think that screen. the Seahawks kind of owed it to Blair Walsh to give him some money <laughs> after what he did? Okay, you can give him money. You don't have to put him on your team and have him torpedo <laughs> possibly your season. That's, you can we absolutely pay bad. him off for what he did. Yeah, against the Vikings or against the Seahawks as a Viking. Yeah, he, they can put, build a build a bust of him for him, build a plaque. Uh, you know, fine, but don't put him on your roster and have him kicking missing field goals all over the place like that. That was just that was, that was atrocious. But yeah, uh, the Seahawks are, are not what they what we thought they might be at this point of the season, and, and they've got they they get the. Uh, the offensive tackle Dwayne Brown 
in a trade to try to shore up what is obviously their biggest weakness, which is offensive line and trying to protect Russell Wilson. But if you still have to build up and make comeback drives late in the game just to try to take the lead and try to win the game that way, uh, and, and you're not backing up any kind of offensive line play with any decent running, uh, you're, you're one-dimensional right now. You, you don't have anything you can rely on in the run game because you anoint Eddie Lacy your guy, and that doesn't work. Thomas Rawls behind him can barely stay on the field, and, and C.J. Prosize already hurt himself for the season, and, and J.D. McKissick is nothing, you know, no big shakes. You got real issues trying to keep your offense balanced, and it doesn't help when you turn around and you're back in uh, on your defense it's issues right now. They're really missing Earl Thomas, uh, the, making the big hits in the middle of the field, and he's not going to play again uh, tomorrow night, so uh, possibly having a bearing on, on that game. But, yeah, they they got real problems, and, yeah, we can absolutely pat ourselves on the back for, for actually, actually the entire late slate on Sunday afternoon. We yeah. – uh, we're lockstep in all three of those picks, and we got them all right. So there was your three-team parlay for anyone that was listening. We didn't tout it as that, but we should have. But, yeah, we, we absolutely need to pat ourselves when we have a chance to. Yeah, it's funny that you brought that up. I was about to say if we were running a tout service, that's what we'd be <laughs> highlighting. You know, we never lose on Sunday afternoons. Late Sunday afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> we were 3-0 and last week on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we're not going to mention the – Two no. seven and one that we were in the rest no. of the games last week. Hey, That's that all that matters hey. is that three and zero. Oh. What are you doing? Come on, don't, you don't talk about that. Yeah, and and that and the and the and one you got a gift. You got a total gift in that and one last week. Uh, in that push that we ended up with in the Raiders and, oh, and Dolphins because yeah, total garbage time. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely uh, garbage time TD uh, by Cutler, but guess what? Because the Raiders' defense is trash, and their defensive backs are trash, and Jay Cutler goes for 300 yards, and I think he completed his first 12 or 13 passes of the game, and his first incompletion was a ball that got batted down at the line of the scrimmage, or else he'd still be completing passes. So they, they, they earned that as well, uh, taking advantage of the Raiders. But in between that time, the better team, the Raiders, actually played uh, the way they're supposed to play and wound up taking a lead and holding on for the win. Uh, I, I actually, watching that game, didn't I, I, hadn't, I hadn't kept up with what the spread was that night. I was just watching the game and, and, and rooting for the Dolphins, probably half assuming that they were favored just because they were at home and, and do have the better record. I forgot that the Raiders were three-point favorites. So actually, when the game was over, I was mad that the, the Dolphins uh, played, I thought, better in the first half than the Raiders and let it go uh, late in the first half and into the second. I actually thought it was sort of an evenly played game by both teams, but the Dolphins came up on on the losing end. And I was like, damn it, they actually hung in there. They actually played pretty good. And and Jay Cutler did what I said he was going to do. And they still found a way to lose the game. That's just, that's terrible. And only after I got back and discovered that Oakland was minus three and that wound up being a push, I was like, oh, well, that, that you know what? That makes sense. I, I think they both played about equally, and, and I think the score wound up be, being a push. I think that was pretty much – that was karma. I don't think the Raiders definitely outplayed the Dolphins. I don't think the, the Dolphins surely didn't outplay the Raiders. So I, I think that was uh, turned out about the way it was supposed to. Yeah, it was a gift. 
And again, that that line was a gift. Right, because why are the Raiders three point favorites and they're three and five? That's uh, uh, going into a uh, into a winning uh, into a team with a winning record's house. That that was that was a little crazy. Yeah, every once in a while we get those weird lines, and then we always realize that we're walking into a trap. But in this case, there was no trap because it was a push. It was a push. So everybody gets their money back. Every everyone's unhappy. Everyone kisses their sister. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you talked about five, seven, and one for both of us. Uh, you, you again, you know how fucked up the season's going because shut down corner guy beats us. He didn't beat us by a lot. He only went six, five, and one. Uh, he had to. Well, drop don't I mean, we got we got completely hooked. We got totally screwed. As much mm. as we got, I, I thought I got screwed on the push. You and I got totally <laughs> screwed on Ravens Titans. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee only winning by three. You got that that hook in it. That hook always feels funny, yep. and and we decided to give it anyway. And then, but that was another garbage time the touchdown. They got yeah. the Ravens get a garbage time touchdown to make that a three point game, and there we go. That's a loss. Oh, that that was that was tough to take, but almost feel like they didn't deserve. To, to cover the spread in that game because they didn't play as well as they should have. I don't know what's going on with their run game, but I thought they were going to dominate being fresh and coming off the bye. And they, they, they got a couple of big runs up the middle up that soft Baltimore middle. Like I thought they would, but they didn't really hammer it. Like I thought they would or should. I thought that, I guess I'm disagreeing with the play calling of the Titans and, and Mike Malarkey. I thought they really should have hammered it home on the ground and they didn't really seem to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually uh, one of the games that I got to watch a considerable amount of, surprisingly, on, on Sunday. That was uh, the the local game that we got was one of the blowout games. That I want to say it was like Broncos-Eagles, and it was one of those noon games. So they cut out of that pretty quick, and then we went over to Ravens-Titans because they, they were out of that Broncos-Eagles game fast. With the Packers playing on Monday night. Nothing to see here, folks. (laughs) No. So I actually got to see a surprising amount of that Ravens-Titans game. Yeah, and and the Titans, I don't know, five and – they're not an overly impressive five and three. I mean, we both talked about on the last show how that that division is sort of gift-wrapped for them right now, although there's the Jaguars still hanging in there. Look, actually, the Jaguars have probably been the more impressive team of those two so far now that the Texans are done. Um but yeah, that's going to be what's that plus 89 on the season now for Jackson. Yeah. That's going to be a very interesting race. Uh, it's a two team race now in that division is I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Titans with the same record minus 12. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering I actually had the Titans and the Jaguars out of that division this year. I I bet them both as wild cards. Uh, finishing yeah. behind Houston, well, you, of course, is not going to happen. You had all three teams coming out of the South. I w- I m- avoided that one, uh, mostly yeah. on the the weakness of that quarterback position. I had no clue what we were going to get. You know, you know the meteoric rise of Deshaun Watson. I did not have playing out as fast as that played out. But not only as fast as it played out, it ended just as fast. So we got that sort of meteoric rise, and and, and then the meteor crashed earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about right. Uh, that happens sometimes, unfortunately. 
So yeah, yeah uh, they, they, they make movies about that. It's like Armageddon, you know, they just make those movies about those. There, there was a Sean Watson, that gigantic meteor comet burning, burning bright in the sky, and just that thing just came crashing down. It took Houston right with it. Has it been a? You know, Astros won the World Series, right? So they they got that. That's right. They got theirs. They don't. They, they yeah. don't need to be greedy in Houston. Right. I picked Houston to sort of ride the the Texans and have that be the feel good story, and that that didn't work out for me. But they got the Astros, so they they did get that. Uh, so up there locally with you, the, uh, the the Brett Hundley show on Monday night against the Lions, I said that we were going to pay close attention to that to see if we could have a little bit of a scouting report on Hundley, who will be the man the rest of the year in Green Bay. So uh, what would you think? Uh, any lasting impressions of, of his performance? Once they finally got down by so much that they actually had to let him play the quarterback position, he looked okay. Or when they needed some quick two-minute offense, he was able to move. But when they got, when they just started playing slow, and 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 man, I they have got to be one of the worst offensively coached teams in football. I, I am still less of a Brett Hundley hater than I am. Just going to completely keep bagging on Mike McCarthy until he decides to start calling plays to put this kid in position to succeed. Because you just it, it just wasn't there. It didn't help that they they got that sort of feel good first drive, and then they end up missing the field goal, um, yeah. getting the field goal deflected, and that sort of yeah okay that takes a little air out of the balloon, and then the defense goes and gives it up, and then it goes and gives it up again, and it it, it got out of control. But it seemed like they realized too late that they just have to open up the playbook for this kid, and let him actually start trying to make some throws down the field. I mean, other, otherwise it was just check down, check down, uh, you, know, you know, running play into the line for a couple of yards. You could you could tell that the Lions' only mission in that game was to stop the running game of the Packers, which they did because they had no fear of Brett Hundley because everything was so close to the line of scrimmage. And, and I believe I called that, that that's how that game was going to go, that they were going to shut down Aaron Jones because they knew Brett Hundley couldn't beat him. Well, it's not even. I don't. I just. I get the sense that it's not that he can't. I. I don't think that his, that Brett Hundley can't do it. You're not going to do it when your coach is calling in plays. You're not. He's not up there audibling. You know, he's not audibleizing or calling his own plays or calling his own number. He's throwing what the coaches are telling him to throw, and everything is short, short. I mean, they even made a reference to that. I think it was at halftime or pretty early out of the game. Where, where John Gruden was getting all over the Packers for their play calling because they showed how many of the targets were like under five yards. Yeah. And it was a lot. I mean, it, you know, it was, it reminded me of one of those, you know, spray charts like for baseball or one of those where you see on the basketball that they show where it shows where all the guys are taking their shots from. They, they were, you know, the well, Packers weren't taking any threes. Yes. They were it was it was layups. It was not threes. And when the when the other team has no fear and has to have no respect for your passing game because you refuse to stretch the defense, that's 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 the game we're going to get. And this is three weeks in a row now we've seen this with with the Packers. Where I, where I think it was really upsetting was they practiced for two weeks. They had a bye, and that's what they came up with. The same damn shit they did against the Saints. That's all they came up with. Hashtag same damn shit. 
Hashtag sad. Hashtag same damn shit. <laughs> I got some fire for Mike McCarthy and for Brett Hundley. I'll spray to both of them. Brett Hundley was very unimpressive to me. Just just judging his play, uh, he seemed like he was sort of all right with short, quick throws that don't take much thought. But anything else, he was in trouble. He had some plays where he was fading back so far and so long. It reminded me of me playing Madden. You remember when I couldn't play quarterback in Madden for five, six, seven years because I didn't know how to stop my drop back? I wouldn't go seven steps. I would go 15 steps because I was so scared. I would just hit the button down, hit the down button, just fade back, just looking for somebody to get open. Please, somebody get open because I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And I forgot to release the down button. I wound up dropping back and getting sacked for for a loss of 25 or so. You – had a, a ball beating me on, in Madden very regularly because I didn't know how to stop my, my drop backs. And that's what he looked like on, a, on some of those long developing plays. He just kept fading and fading and fading and fading and fading. And finally, whatever throw he made, he completed one or two of those. And obviously you're not going to get a first down because you just turned a third and 12 into third and 25 because you faded back so far that now to throw and get that 12 yards back you actually have to throw it you know 26 or 30 yards and he was very uh, unimpressive to me when he had to sort of think about what he was doing when his best success was definitely shorter routes and bubble screens to Devontae Adams but uh, he looked utterly lost in most of those other situations and Mike McCarthy's play calling sucked there was one specific one, some long in, in, in the first quarter, some long developing fake jet sweep dump off uh, to, to Aaron Jones, lost a, lo- a bunch of yardage. You're going to put him in second and 16, third and 16 situations with, with those kind of plays. I don't know what you think you're going to accomplish pulling that shit with a guy that has almost no NFL experience. I don't know what you think is going to happen in those situations. The Lions are no punks. This isn't the, the Browns defense or some other defense that's going to you know, completely get lost and turned around with all these fakes and whatnot. Run some offense. Run some straight offense and see what happens and adjust from there. Don't bake these crazy plays into your first 15 or whatever that you're scripting for this kid because now you have no room to improvise because you're in second and third and long and you have to you know you're extremely limited in what you can do from that point so I was unimpressed uh, unimpressed with McCarthy and I was unimpressed with Hunley and I think there's enough blame to go around for both of them yeah I mean I, I, I have a hard time blaming a guy making his third start you know, look look back how much we've been trashing or talking about the success of these, like, sort of second-year guys and, you know, the turnarounds that some of these guys are making. You know, like Wentz, who started off pretty good last year but sucked late. He, Brett Hundley was making basically what amounted to his – what this was his third game, second start. You know – I, I have a hard time putting it all on him. This is supposed to be the the offensive-minded team and this offensive-minded coach. Clearly, that system wasn't what was producing the success. It was Aaron Rodgers that was producing the success. Yeah, that's that's obvious. That's for sure. Yeah, because how much? Yeah, boy, howdy, you know, right? I mean, how much? Boy, of, howdy. Uh, how much of what Rodgers was doing? was all improvisation, you know, where he was, stuff was breaking down and it was him making plays and creating offense. 
or, or using that snap count to, to get guys to jump off sides and heaving balls downfield and hail Marys. The shit you don't draw up was what separated Aaron Rodgers and made him such a great quarterback. Brett Hundley's not that guy. He's not Aaron Rodgers. So the system sucks. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that when Aaron Rodgers was – Yeah, I got, the, I got a sense that when the Mike McCarthy was coaching Aaron Rodgers – we're calling plays. He was probably calling the same garbage, and Rodgers was just, you know, getting them out of those plays. You're probably right. But you got to know that, though, don't you? You got to know that this kid is not Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Boy, howdy. And you got to come up with something better than, than that, right? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I am surprised that you didn't see, you know, a little bit more Max Protect. You know, because the Packers' O-line stinks. A little bit more max protect. Let some routes develop down the field. Try to give this guy some confidence to throw some balls. Do they have receivers? Don't they? Or do they? You know, this is one of those things when you lose a, a, an A-list quarterback, you know, okay, is, is Jordy Nelson that great? Is, is Randall Cobb, Devontae, are these guys awesome? Or were they awesome because Aaron Rodgers, you know? How often did we see this with these with these guys who leave these talented quarterbacks go play somewhere else and they, they're the ghosts they disappear? We've we've seen this a lot, right? Guys would leave Peyton Manning, guys would leave Brett Favre or, or Aaron Rodgers. They, they wouldn't play for these great quarterbacks anymore, and they would just they they'd disappear because it turned out it was the quarterback making them better. So it makes me wonder how awesome are these Packer receivers? I will give the the props to uh, to Slay Darius Slay for absolutely being on Jordy Nelson like a cheap coat, and a lot of those passes late in the game when Hundley had to try to throw deeper, uh, where he targeted Nelson, Slay just was suffocating Nelson wouldn't let him make those catches. To your point, does Aaron Rodgers put the ball in a place? where Nelson can go get it and shed this, this guy that, that that's he's wearing like a coat, uh, perhaps, probably, yeah. Uh, and, and Hundley couldn't put the ball in a place where Jordy could make those adjustments and make those plays. But I do give credit to the Detroit Lions secondary. They, they had a night. Uh, Darius Slay had a night, and, and Glover Quinn came through and made some big plays as well. So that's no excuse. You're going to play good defenses every now and then, in the NFL, you can't have tomato cans. You can't play the Browns every week. I'm sure a lot of teams would sign up for that if they could. Well, guess who the Lions play this week? <laughs> the the Lions draw the Browns. The, the Packers would the love Lions, to draw the Browns. To, yeah. No. To no. The Packers. A, a get, the Packers. The Packers actually get to go to Chicago. Oh I yeah. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to be them this week. That defense has been pretty tough at home, and and now you're going to put Brett Hundley in. Oh, oh boy! At the risk of sounding really stupid, can I say that I I know what I'm considering as my lock already right now? The Browns. After seeing after seeing that no, after seeing what we saw Monday night. Oh, you know you could look at a lot of games, a lot of results that we saw last week, especially with all the blowouts that we had. There's there's probably lock potential all over this one. Although I have to say my favorite game on the slate this week is 
the Giants Niners game that we're gonna, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that might be the game remember this might be the game that saved football part three right here <laughs> good god the the one yeah. and seven Giants and the zero and nine Forty Niners wow we might when we pick that game we might have to play the Halloween music. I might have to go uh, put my Bluetooth on so I can wander out of the room and go to go go to the toilet bowl and flush that. That's the that is the tidy bowl <laughs> game of the year right there. Yeah, unless unless the Browns manage to play the Niners this year, which I, I don't think happens. I don't think that division is playing um, in the with the West. That's tough. Yeah, that's brutal. And, and and again, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of haves and have nots playing. A lot of a lot of middle of the road games coming up this week, which is interesting. So you've got a lot of teams that are flirting all around five hundred. So we're, you know, it's starting to get a little bit clearer 20, here. Twenty some teams is is middle of the road this year. It seems. Yeah. It it's been it's been unique. It's been soupy. It's a whole bunch of teams in the soup. Just just soupy. It's been a soupy season. I'm declaring it's a soupy okay. season now. Hashtag soupy season. Um, soupy season. It'll be the soupy bowl is what we're going to have this year. Uh, uh, it, it, we can go with that if you want. Sure. Hey, sure. hey! The, uh, the Super Bowl should be some of these elite teams getting through and, and being in there. I don't know if one of the – I guess that's an interesting question. Are any of these – do you see any of these soupy teams uh, put you on the spot? Any of these soupy teams running off a streak in the second half and, and putting themselves in position to make the uh, make the playoff run? Yeah, I'd, I, there's teams I'd like to see go on runs. You know, teams that we, we want to see is sort of ascend. I, I want to see the Raiders play better. I want to see the Titans play better. Um, we don't know what we're getting with the with you know the the whole weekly drama going on down in Dallas. You know with with uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. Will he or won't he? Will he or won't he? Is he up or is yeah. he down? So we don't know what we're getting with that, but they haven't quite been living up to the billing. So yeah, there there's teams other than your six and two or better teams, which are clearly your your best teams overall um that muddled that muddled middle is is really interesting we get a an interesting game tomorrow night uh you know where we get to see mm-hmm. if, if a team can kind of escape that muddled middle and make things really interesting in their division so yeah i would say if there's some teams in that mix in the middle kind of like the raiders the titans cowboys you know, I'm not sold on the Dolphins. I'm not sold on the Lions when I'm looking at these four. The Packers are done. Uh, Redskins had a nice win. But who are you really sold on? Yeah, not very. There, there's a lot of holes in, in these super teams, which I guess explains why. There's holes teams. in your elite, your quote-unquote elite teams have holes in them. Right, because how much were we talking shit about the New Orleans Saints defense back when they were 0-2, and now they've won six in a row? Right. So how much do, do we really both, believe that? Do we buy that? into them? I mean, are we, are, we, are we, you know, true believers in the New Orleans Saints? Uh, uh. I, what I will say is 
goddamn, that that Drew Brees runs his offense so on schedule, on time, yeah. no delay of games, no false starts. He's got full space command of those guys. And that run first deal now that saves his body from wear and tear. They they get to hammer the ball back and forth with Mark uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And right now they are tag teaming it to death. You can't stop those two guys. And Breeze still has such command. And when he needs to say, okay, my turn now, let me make a big play downfield and Here's Ted Ginn or Cody, Kobe Fleener, whoever I want to make a big play with. He's still got the ability to do that. So the Saints defense, all they have to do is what they're doing right now, which is supplement. They don't have to go be huge stars. They don't have to have a great defense. They just have to have a defense that supplements the offense and just backs them up. Don't lose it for us. That's all Sean Payton. Sean Payton has been asking just to have a defense that doesn't lose games for us, and that's what they got right now. And, and they they are they are pretty tough. I I I'm more on the side of buying into the Saints than I am selling off. I guess is, is how I would put that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, and, and, and you know, let's look back to those two losses when they started off 0 and 2. That was clearly back at the time when they were trying to shoehorn Adrian Peterson into that offense. I mean, every time Adrian Peterson came into the game, you might as well have had a big neon sign flashing saying, we're, we're going to try a run. We're running. We are running. Yeah. And we saw, especially in their first game, that game against the Vikings, where it was like, you know, you had Adrian Peterson trying to come in there and, you know, it was like he was playing his old team and they were trying to force feed him the ball. And it was totally to their detriment. It went a long way towards them losing that game, how much they were trying to force him the ball. And you could just see he wasn't a fit for that team. And then the next week they lose, uh, I believe it was the Patriots. Um, and that was yeah, still when that defense, that was when Sam Bradford and Tom Brady both put on clinics, complete clinics against that same secondary. But since they've gone to this, you know, run first approach, and you got to give credit to Peyton and Breeze for that because th- these are not guys who want to run first. You, you, we know that they 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 want to they want to run those kill shots and you know. But Drew Breeze, he can't do that at this age anymore. I think Drew Breeze is is loving this balance, and it does make them more dangerous and it takes a lot of pressure off the defense. And it's amazing what happens when you can run the football, even in this NFL with all the high flying you know offenses and these high scoring games. You don't have that balance. You just, unless you're a very special team that can that can thrive without any of it, you don't go very far. Possessing the ball is still the name of the game. That's that has not changed in all of these different changes in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. But last couple of items before we make our pick for tomorrow night is uh, any thoughts on the the frustration and violence that sort of sprung up on a couple of uh, guys this week, uh, Mike Evans and AJ green deciding yeah. to, to, to go to the mats. Yeah. My, my frustration comes from the fact of how did only Mike Evans get suspended? <laughs> AJ, AJ green, green tried to murder their naked choke. Yeah. He was putting wrestling moves on Jalen Ramsey. Could have snapped his neck. I, he I mean, straight twice. up went to a rear naked choke hold. He went MMA on him. Mike Evans just blindsided a dude. That's all. Right. 
He blindsided a dude because he, you know, he's trying there to protect his quarterback. And yeah, no. That wasn't a ground and pound like A.J. Green did. Yeah, I've I, I got to think it's because A.J. Green is uh, is a star and he's had yeah. great behavior all these years, and they just sort of give him a, a pass this time. How do you give a Bengal a pass? Because <laughs> he, he's been the one good Bengal all these years. He's been the one good guy the, right. the whole time. But this is it, though. A.J. Now Green is now snapped. A.J. Green is yeah. now snapped. It, it's over. How is Marvin Lewis still employed? It's over. The, the last decent bingo, the, the last Boy Scout, <laughs> has finally snapped. God, he was the one good cop in a crooked town, you know, and now he's done. <laughs> now he's on the take. All, all the wonderful movies that I've missed all over the years, but oh, I've yeah. seen The Last Boy Scout. Well, I've seen The Last Boy Scout. Absolutely. That, is that not one of the worst movies ever made? It's it's so bad, it's like funny after a while. It's No, it's got that 90s sort of 90s action campy feel to it. I actually have to say that's, that that doesn't fall into the realm. That That's definitely a guilty pleasure kind of movie. So bad, it's good. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Not that dialogue is so it's terrible. Not, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not unwatchable, though. Boy. It's well, not unwatchable, man. It's just, it's it's hokey bad. It's fun. It's, 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 it's a not, fun movie. It's not a Tom Arnold movie, I'll give you that. It's not that bad. <laughs> right. It, 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 had, it had some moments, but yeah, it was super campy, over the top. I actually, though, have to say I did not hate The Last Boy Scout. Terrible movie, but in a, in a good way. Okay, you gave me that it's terrible. I'll, I'm, I'm glad at least you gave you gave me that. Yes, but it's it's good it's good bad. All right, real quick, any uh, communication you want to do with us? Several ways to do that. I'm on Twitter at imldjre. Jason's at imldjtg. Send an email to inmuchlessdetail at gmail dot com. All our picks are always up on the blog. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And you can't see the Thursday night picks up there because we do the Thursday night pick live here on the recap show. And that's what we're going to do right now. It is the Air, the Seattle Seahawks on the road visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle at 5-3, and 2-2 two and two on the road. Arizona 4-4, four 2-1 four, at home. Eddie Lacy was the lead back, and then he got hurt, and now he's out for this game tomorrow night. Earl Thomas, once again, will not play, as I said earlier. The line is pretty big, however, for the road team. We are, once again, going to try to pick uh, a road team versus a home team on Thursday night. Seattle gives six points at Arizona. Jason, who you got? You know, I watched the highlight package that one of the game that we won there with Arizona and, and San Francisco. I'm not a Drew Stanton hater. As much as I want to take the road team here in the Seahawks to bounce back from that defeat, I think that Drew Stanton's going to find some holes in the Legion of Room and keep that team within six, or actually they might even just come out and outright win that game. I'm going to take the Cardinals tomorrow night. Okay. You've learned your lesson on home teams on the short week. You you went against them along with me the last three weeks and we gotten burned three weeks in a row. So you're going to break that trend. 
I'm hard-headed. I'm going to look at the Seahawks needing a, a, a win after that loss against the Redskins. And I'm going to look at Adrian Peterson running 37 times for Arizona last week. And they're giving the old man days rest to come back from that. He's not going to be nearly as effective. I will take Seattle and give the six. More on our after show when we come back. Now into the VIP after show program. Yeah, I do not feel good at all. Once again, taking a road team, especially giving that many points. Uh, But Drew, I'm I'm still on the other side of Drew Stanton. Good, average, or bad. I'm still on the leaning on the bad side. I understand he's not as bad as some other guys. He's not Brock Osweiler. He's not Tom Savage. I'll grant you that. Uh, But I'm still not all that impressed with him. And and I I think it's going to be sort of a one-dimensional performance tomorrow night because I'm imagining Adrian Peterson trying to get up three days later after that performance. And he's going to try. He's going to give his best when he runs into that line. And then he's just going to fall down and go boom because he's not going to have it. That's fair enough. Um, no, I actually think he's he's played okay. When, he, when he's been needed, he's he's done good enough. You know, and and it, it, Seattle and Arizona, these te- these two teams, they know each other so well. This just feels destined to be a field goal game to me. You know, this feels like a three point game. Well, if Carson Palmer was up, the, the line would be a lot tighter, and I would be inclined more, much more inclined to take Arizona uh, in that spot, but. With Drew Stan, I'm just not feeling it, and I, and I think Seattle's going to be a little desperate uh, coming off of finding a way to lose that game on Sunday like they did. They got the big Russell Wilson comeback, uh, and, and it didn't work out. I don't know who's going to be uh, leading the team in carries. I, I suppose it's going to be uh, Thomas Rawls. It might wind up being Russell Wilson. He might pull a Cam Newton and, and just take the ball. He's just going to keep it the whole time, and he might lead the team in carries, but uh, it won't be Ed Lacy, and I think that also helps Seattle. The fact that whoever the lead back here is going to be Ed Lacy uh, is also a good reason to make the playoffs as far as I'm concerned. That is a big improvement. I, I don't know what made them think that they should, uh, you know, anoint him the starter. What has he done at all this year to be, you know, the, worthy of being the starter? He has been horrible. That's, that, that feels like a Pete Carroll sort of a psychological deal that he knows that he's shit and he wants to give him every opportunity to prove to his teammates and everyone else that he's shit. So he says, you're the man now, okay? You're going to be the guy and you go out and show us exactly what you can do as the guy. And that's what he did. He went, he ran six times and broke something. And that's pretty much what he should do because he's Eddie Lacy. Uh, so that's that feels like uh, I think I think Carroll knew what he was doing. I think he knows that this guy is shit. And he was just pretty much eliminating him as an option the rest of the way. So now Eddie Lacy cannot whatever he says or whatever he does, he can't come back and say Seattle didn't give me a fair shot to be the guy because they sure gave him all the rope and all the shots that he could possibly ask for, and, and he did absolutely nothing with it, which is what you said he would before the season even began. Well, you could tell I could tell that he was done. You know when he was up here in Green Bay, you could, there was no, there was nothing there. There was always problems with his weight, but it doesn't matter. Nobody cares about your weight if you're good. 
where you can get some right. tough yards. Nobody cares. Nobody told Jerome Bettis to lose weight. Took the words out of my mouth. I was going to see Jerome Bettis had weight problems all this life, but he kept playing well, so it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Lacy, it, you know, he's just no Jerome Bettis. I've known Jerome Bettis, and you, sir, you're no Jerome Bettis. You are no Jerome Bettis. He's not the you know www.thebus36.com. <laughs> Why is that in, in my mind? Marketing, baby, it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Have we ever told that story? Oh, my God. You know, one of these think... years, I think that website might go into the Hall of Infamy for for just <laughs> shameless plugging of yourself. Where yeah, they cut to, at halftime on Monday Night Football game, they cut to an interview of Jerome Bettis, and he's sitting, I guess, at home. But it looks like he's basically sitting in an, in his office in his home, and all that he has is like little school bus memorabilia, <laughs> and like, and then all the plaid was he wearing a t-shirt or it was like uh, behind him? I think, was, I think it was emblazoned on his t-shirt. It was a yeah. it was a t-shirt made with the slogan, and that's all it was. Was just from one peck to the other, stretched across his chest was. Yeah www.thebus36.com and it worked so that's why I say it's not unique to us because whoever however many millions of people or whatever were watching the Monday night halftime show whatever game that they were interviewing him they all saw it and they probably all remember it too because of how sort of brave and at the time how how many years ago would that be is that that's a decade maybe is that 07 at least uh so the internet is not brand new, but it's still uh, to be that out there uh, about the fact that you have a website and you're going to wear clothing that advertises it. That was still pretty ballsy at the time. That was still pretty uh, almost on the on the tasteless side of things. Uh, and that's yeah. what we were laughing at. It was just he didn't care. Yeah. He said, "Look, I got a website. I'm gonna make some money. Come to my site, buy some school buses, buy some really crappy items, and give me your money." And this is my best way of advertising that is wearing a T-shirt with the website stretched across my chest, and there's nothing else on the T-shirt. I remember the shirt. It was just the the website and nothing else. And uh, obviously, because we still remember the website, it still worked. In fact. I must now I go on. look up. I am on oh. the website right now. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. it. Is, it is, wait, if you go to the website, I invite everybody who's listening to our show to go to this <laughs> www.thebus36.com and just look at the shit-eating grin picture of Jerome Bettis <laughs> on the website. And and, making and, money and, and every want, single day. Oh, man. It's all about trying to get him to go and show up for your events and things like this now uh-huh. and give him money. But my favorite one, the best thing on this website is it says right on there, do you have an event you are planning, right? Yeah. Except they've completely got the grammar of your wrong. Oh, they can't no. even grammatic. Yeah, it's, they don't have it as Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. It's Y-O-U-R. So it says, do you have an event you're planning? Oh, dude. Yeah. So apparently the budget must have gone into the photography here or for emblazoning (laughs) the website with Papa John's, Coca-Cola, Dick's Sporting Goods, and all these places that that he sponsors and all that stuff. Oh, and you go 
it gets even better. And then you go down at the bottom. It's got his Twitter feed. Oh, this is this is just something. Man, he hired him some him. Oh, I can go to his Hall of Fame photo. This is definitely going to be on the Hall of Infamy someday. <laughs> some local. Did you Detroit go to the website? Is, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, just go do yourself a favor. Go just just go on the website just to see the picture of Jerome Bettis because. <laughs> It looks, yeah, it looks like somebody who's trying to steal money from you with a smile on his face. Is <laughs> just happy every single day of his life that people are paying him money. He's just sitting there raking it in. No, this, this, yeah, this is the give me money. This the is give me money. He's got the give me money face. Oh, yeah, he's got the finger in the air and he's looking at oh, the yeah. camera like, yeah, yeah, give me your money. Give me your money. <laughs> so that anybody who awesome. wants to know anybody who wants to know what we're laughing at wow <laughs> oh that is that's that's incredible yeah the man uh, absolutely <laughs> knew what he was doing <laughs> he had absolutely no care in the world about what it looked like uh, that he was wearing a t-shirt with his own website on it which is the, the reason it was so funny is because people like me that buy personalized sports jerseys and put my own name on the back of it get made fun of all the time who do you think you are you're not on the team why do you <laughs> is that any better uh, having a t-shirt with your own website stretched across it is that any better than than wearing a shirt with your own name on it that's that's pretty lame too so yeah. But but he but didn't look care. at the price. But but think about it. We both remembered, or at least I remembered. Mm-hmm. Eight years later, whatever it is now, we finally went to that website, and it's still there, <laughs> and it's still up, and it's got all the sponsors on the yeah. side that you already I, gave their their free plugs and read them off. Yeah, I half expected two options. Either it was going to come up and say this domain name is for sale. <laughs> you know. This domain is expired. We all click here to buy it, or it was porn. <laughs> or, <laughs> I, I saw the misspelling. Do you have an event you're planning? Invite the bus. Yeah. <laughs> That's that Detroit public <laughs> education uh, right there. Is what oh, I think man. Well, here we are, though. Well, like hey, the said, reason- it's got, it's got to be eight, nine years ago that this happened. And the reason he did it, uh, introducing our newest drop. We all know the reason that Jerome Bettis wore that website across his chest. It's all about the money. 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 Vince McMahon at his finest. Wow. That That's good. That's true. I mean, how often do we talk about you know, it's it's the money trap. Follow the money. It's all about the money. How many times do we even say that on the show? It's true. Only because it's true. But but tell me that that face that did tell me that that was not Jerome Bettis <laughs> with the shit eating, give me your money grin right there. The insignia of the website uh, yes. when, when you have the little tab. Uh, of course, you know every 
everybody's got their logo as, as uh, uh-huh. when you look at their the the website. The the tab is still the WordPress logo. That's how second great dipshit this website is and, it, and yet we still remember it after all these yeah. years it's still you know because it should have his you know his logo uh in the tab here of, of your web browser but it doesn't it has that that black and white w for wordpress because that's how i'm on the fly to say that put the, and if i no, spent, no yeah if i spent 20 minutes reading create your own website for dummies i probably could have come up with his yeah. website and you'd still be making money off of it. Yeah, I did not sign you, up for and, the newsletter. And you wouldn't know how to. And you wouldn't know Although, how to spell your, your, and, and your. You'd know the difference between all of those. I uh, do. Those I proofreaded. It took me about two seconds to proofread his website and go, oh, <laughs> oh, oh no, oh no, oh bus. Yeah. <sighs> so there you go. You know it's what? Still, it's still I'm there. Sure. I'm sure he's down okay. memory I'm sure lane. He's I'm sure he's doing all right, despite the grammatical errors. I think he's doing okay. Yeah. yeah. When, when he's got corporate websites, you know, when you've got Coca-Cola behind you, you're doing all right. I would love to have Coca-Cola behind me, boy. Yeah, Coke. Hey, Coke is it, man. Hit us up. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we if go I way back with Coke. We we drank new Coke. <laughs> we go back to the seventies ads and, <laughs> and we have, and the eighties new Man, Coke campaign. We we had bottles Coke of that in school. Yeah, we're gonna have that fucking panda bear on the front page of our website. <laughs> you know, we replace everything. Tipping those glass bottles up. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. old school, man. Yeah, we we we'll whore out for some big corporate donors, right? Goddamn right! Come on, <laughs> as much up. shit as we've plugged on this show <laughs> for free. Hey, hey, uh, all about the money. We never mentioned yeah. to thank all of the, the three or four people listening for yeah. doing whatever you did with the ads to bump us over uh, a threshold. That we actually got paid by Blog Talk Radio for yeah. the number of ads. That that it, it, it's it's cash. It's not a lot of cash at all, but it's cash. It it actually worked. It actually went to our, our PayPal and, and it cleared. And there's at Applebee's. They, they can't take it from us. They it, it took us five years and, and whatever we pay per month for the, the premium version of the site, but damn it, we are making money off of this podcast, finally. And it's, it's mm. been a long time coming. Yeah, we earned it. That's right. Money's money. It's all about the money. So, so thank you to oh. all, all, all the people that have been clicking ads and doing whatever it takes to, That's right. to get us over that threshold. You know, all the way, all the way back to, to, you know, even, even back all the way to Sebastian and, you know, <laughs> people called in the show, like Bryce in Brooklyn, who called, you know, calls you know, the Steelers were off this week, so I didn't expect them to call in, but. No. Yeah, I, I didn't expect to hear from him either. He'll, he'll be back next week if they win. But, and, and he tends to call 
after a Steelers win, we, we, he goes ghost on us if the Steelers <laughs> lose. Yeah, we know his rhythm. That, that's understandable. I know. When, when you're, I know. When you're a super fan like that, those losses kind of they, they kind of oh, they, they do crush, man. Yeah, it hurts. The last thing you want to do is talk to people about that. You know, especially you know us experts. <laughs> that's right, the football experts. That's 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 his word for us. That's not what we call ourselves. No, we've always tried to avoid being the experts because we used to trash the experts for you know sitting there, you know, with those three forty <laughs> win percentages when they were below the Mariotti line. Oh. Yeah, they they actually when they were picking games. In the Sun Times, when they had the columnists stretched across the uh, the page of the Sun Times, yeah. they actually called them the experts. That's, that's their the word. The experts. For they made their and picks, and they often were bad. We crushed those dudes like every year because it was all right there. Yeah, but you could add it up and keep a hold of it and keep up with it. They they couldn't lie like. Uh, Yahoo shut down corner guy that uh, kind of makes <laughs> up his picks as he goes along. You lie to us one time, and we will never forget it when you are picking football games and you put it on your website and go, oh, yeah, I forgot to post my pick last night, but I totally hit. No, no. You know, at that point, just say, (laughs) I missed it. Sorry. I would have had this team, but you missed it. You goofed. Nobody's keeping up with your shit that hard that you have to go and and account for a pick that you didn't make, but you claim you made it. Just, just let it go. Just let it go. It's okay. But no, you, you have to put it up there. You have to make the excuse that you were out trick or treating the night before. So you forgot to put your pick up and have people like us get to make fun of you for, for years and years and years. Yeah. We're never going to let it go. We'll never let it go, especially that season when he did that. He ended up like 40 games below 500. It was abysmal. Oh, oh. it's amazing that he continues to make picks after that. So got to give him props for yeah. that, I, I suppose. But that just means you're just like weather forecasting at that point. You can just screw up anything you want. <laughs> oh, the, the prognosticators of weather, they get it all the time because – People, and sort of rightly so, point out, hey, you know, when you're wrong, you don't acknowledge it or you don't talk about it anyway. So what what the hell? You you don't have any accountability. You you say what you say. And if you say it's going to rain tomorrow and it doesn't, then you come on the air the next day and you go, let me tell you what it's going to do tomorrow. You completely ignore the fact that you said it was going to rain today and it didn't rain. So Yeah, you got to have that closers mentality, I guess. Just shake it off and come back the next day and pretend like nothing happened. I will never forget growing up in Chicago. Was it Jerry Taft? Channel 7. Yeah. We had a forecast, and he predicted that there was going to be like this unusual warm front or something like that was going to come through. And it was a little like a late fall day. And it was going to be like on a Friday. I remember it was a Friday that he predicted this for. It was only like the next day or two days out. And he said it was going to be like 85 and it was going to be this like super unusual, really warm late fall day. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And it ended up being low forties with rain. Ooh. That day, oh yeah, I mean you couldn't have missed bigger than he missed. And I've like always remembered 
that particular forecast just not not just it wasn't like it was a seven day forecast and that was day seven. It was like he was the <laughs> next day or two days out, and he was off by forty degrees. And there, you know, I remember that. I'm sure many many others do too. You know that that that's Don Cricky level of of bad right there. <laughs> All right, you got to refresh my memory. What exactly he did? Oh wait, it Don, was okay. okay. We were watching. We were watching a preseason Bears game. preseason game. It was a preseason yep, Bears game. You and I are talking on the phone, and it's like uh, first down. There's a holding call. So then it's sec. It's first and twenty. On second down, the running back gets like four yards. So now it's second and sixteen. And Don Cricky invented a sack. He literally out of nowhere <laughs> said, "You know, well, second and sixteen now after the sack." It completely paid no attention to the fact that there was a holding call and a four-yard run because he was so busy yapping or just not paying attention to doing his job and being a professional. I know it's a preseason game, but literally created out of thin air a play that never happened. And that, that, was, that was the exact scenario. This was – I remember I was, still, I was still living in the city, so this was probably – late 80s you know in that period in the late 80s maybe up to 90 because that was the last year last last football season where I where I lived in the you know where I grew up you know in the apartment where we grew up so it was it was there though I remember watching that in my dining room and we're watching I'm watching this on my little little 13 inch black and white tv (laughs) oh my god with the knob oh come on it's you know we didn't have a we didn't get a 27 inch color TV until like 91 when we, when we moved, I just had a little 13 inch black and white. That's what I watched all my football games on. And uh, yeah, I had a little, little 13 inch color TV in my bedroom. That was what my Nintendo was hooked up to. Oh, that was a big one. That was was the the big system. Yeah, but I remember that that little that little thirteen inch sort of portable black and white one that I would just kind of carry around in the house, and I put it on my it was always on my dining room table, and that was on my little football watching area. So every you know on Sundays I'd go and I'd get I'd remember I'd get up I'd walk over to the little grocery store like I don't know two three blocks from my house, and I'd, I I had this ritual you know I'd I'd get like a big pack of Lunchables, a a, a giant pack of cinnamon rolls like a pint of ice cream and a two liter of coke wow and yeah (laughs) you know the best thing was well i mean you know the best thing was i think all of that cost me like five bucks (laughs) it was like so cheap you know it was like a little pint of ice little little pint of new york cherry ice cream you know they used to come in those little cardboard containers oh yeah you you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the the, the rectangular yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I man, yes. Yeah. So, but that was that was my diet on Sundays was just pounding down cinnamon rolls and. But this would have been a preseason game, which means it was probably like a Saturday night. And I remember, we, yeah, Don Cricky was the announcer. I remember it now. You you had to jog my memory, but I absolutely remember it. He clearly yeah. missed the fact that there was a penalty and decided to make up on the fly the fact that there was yeah. a sack. And that had to yeah. account for the loss of yardage. Just had to be a Correct. sack. Correct. 
and we both and we both called him out for it immediately. Sitting there, you like, know, we're what the you hell know, is he talking 12, about? Yeah, we're like twelve, thirteen years old, sitting there, one of the little wannabe broadcasters that we were, mm-hmm. uh, talking talking football, watching the game, and uh, yeah, Don Cricky. I wish I could find the clip, but I mean, that's lost into the into history oh, now. But if you ever found that? That would truly yeah. be a gold mine. But but Don Cricky, we're on to you. We we know. We see you, pal. We see you. Yeah. We still, still haven't up. forgotten. It's been almost 30 years, and we still haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, really going into the – we got the bus36.com tonight. We got some <laughs> some Don Cricky references. We're doing good. The, the, the kings of non sequitur. Oh, my God. No kidding. It's nostalgia night on, on kings of non sequitur. Yeah. Uh we totally need if if we wouldn't get sued or told not to do it, we should I, I wish we could totally rip that picture of Jerome Bettis and, and put that <laughs> with the in much less detail, you know. <laughs> and just have Vince McMahon playing yeah. over over the picture of yeah. him the whole time. And then and then and then we would put all <laughs> And it would say over all your NFL picks. It would say all your NFL picks, but it would be Y O U, but it would be Y O U apostrophe R E. Oh, some poor intern that that made that site get skewed for one grammatical error, one little grammatical error. It, you know, oh. it, these things matter. Proofread your website. Damn it. Well, as we know, uh, in, in my little get off my lawn moment here, correct grammar and correct spelling is getting less and less important because everyone just spews whatever they want on the Twitter and whatever social media, and whether it's spelled right or not, they don't give a rat's ass. L O L W T F are you talking about? S M H. And let's not even get started on all the emojis. But, oh. They have a little, they do a little school, but they have a little school bus one. You know, little Jerome Bettis probably sends that to everybody. <laughs> little school bus emoji. Now, what was the product that he was hawking with the commercial? The Louisiana bus go running around, running around, running around. Oh and you're the God. guy under the bus. <sighs> wow, you're really I don't remember asking what he was selling. That may have been like a ESPN was fantasy like a, was it, or something like that. Uh, yeah, or it was. Yeah, it wouldn't have been like a, a Play sixty type thing or something. No, I have a feeling <laughs> it was a competitive thing. I think that that may have been like fantasy sports. Okay, that that makes sense. That he was making fun of or, or telling everybody who, who was playing against him in fantasy or you know against whoever owns him in fantasy that you're going to be under the bus when you have to take on the bus brother. It was almost like a Hulk Hogan uh, promo after a while. But yeah, I, that just that that just goes because he's he's smiling during that commercial too. That that he is on the bus coming. He's actually singing that, yeah. and he finishes up by smiling at the camera and going, "And you're the guy under the bus." It's like, oh boy. <sighs> well, we're digging deep. 
this season's just driving us. We're just going batty, I think, this season. This whole season's just right. driving how, us nuts. How much more about five and seven? Uh, or Yeah, how much more do you want to break down of, of five and seven this week? With a push? But we could have had a great record. We could have had a great record this week, and we still would be like, what are we talking about? This is blowout, 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 you know, unimpressive-looking teams. I mean, I, the the penalties – the two games that I really spent the most time watching, that Sunday night game and that Monday night game, the infuriating penalties, the late hit penalties, these phantom late hit calls. It, oh, it's getting so bad. It, yeah, I'm glad it, you brought I, that actually, up. Uh, the end of that, uh, the, the cheap push that you got in that game on, on Sunday night, there was the, the, the Raiders were off the field. And they called some ridiculous roughing or something that just didn't exist. They did it yeah, on the I Monday night I, game too. With the the Packers were off the field. It was like a third and twelve, and then they call like a late hit or something. And, and even John Gruden's like, "Yeah, that's not a penalty." Again, <laughs> I I did write that down in my notes for the Sunday night game. That that was a that was one hell of a referee show. That, oh, was, they, those guys that was hard to watch. Stop. That was hard. They couldn't stay off the camera. Enough of the camera. That, that's all that was. That was from the first quarter it started. Just flags yeah. everywhere and for on, on every play for different infractions that may or may not have happened. But, yeah, that was just – some guys, some crews are like that. They just can't stop throwing flags. They can't stop calling every single thing for whatever reason. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday night. Uh, and then, yeah, Monday night, there was some, some weird calls as well. Yeah. You, you remember, you remember playing NBA live? You played a lot of NBA live, right? Mm-hmm. You remember the keep scores close option on NBA <laughs> live? That you always had to... I get the sense. You see, as soon as I said that, you know where I was going. I get the sense yeah. these NFL officials are the keep scores close option because the officiating this year has just been – it's been hideously awful. I mean, we were – this is like replacement ref bad right now. Oh. Is it it's scab ref bad? I don't know if it's quite that it's, bad, but it, it is pretty bad. There's flags flying around oh, those, those on almost. Rims. I know they were bad. I mean, obviously oh. the fail Mary did them in. Up until the fail Mary, I was actually defending those guys quite a bit. That was yeah, that was but, in defense. But you remember you knew it was over at that point. You remember how much shit they were getting up until that fail Mary, and then the fail Mary pushed it all the way over the top. But they were getting a ton of shit even before that. But these guys right that, now, they, they make up rules. They don't know what what's a catch, you know, what, what what's roughing. If a, if a hit, if there's a, if there is a play that even looks like a hard hit, they're throwing a flag. Mm-hmm. You know, well, oh, helmet to helmet contact. I know, but it, it's it, it's it's definitely having a negative effect on watching the games. I was. I was by myself watching that game on Sunday night, but I was like demonstrably frustrated. I wasn't like throwing oh. shit, but it was one of those where I'm just like sitting there like, come on, are you kidding? You know, it was one of those where I, and I wasn't the outcome of the game. It was the 
effect on the game and my watching experience that these idiot officials were having. It is getting out of hand. How you can have the same reaction. It was just yeah. I I was like, this is a referee show. This is they're they're just trying to get on camera. They're just trying to call every single thing that they see, and it's it is sort of ruining the enjoyment of just the game. It's really hard to see what's happening in the game when you got every single play after it's over. You're looking around for where the flag is. And it, it does ruin the, the, the continuity of just watching the football game and trying to assess which team is better. It is, it's really hard to do when there's hankies flying every single play. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's But this is it be, it's becoming more of a regular occurrence. But those scabbard, that fail Mary, the, the deal got done between the league and the referees after that fail Mary so quickly that – if I remember, I, I, you have to think that that made, that played a part. That sort of kickstarted the the league into saying, "Okay, we got to get the real refs back here." Because this, yeah, no, that was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, it, yeah, up but like I said though, up until that point, it wasn't it was bad, but it wasn't like it was demonstrably bad, like worse than what was normal. And then everybody was so happy when the regular refs came back. It was like, oh, we've got some legitimacy. And look at these same crews now are just like making a mockery of football. It's it's bad. I just I don't I, I, I now I'm the one sort of defending the referees. I find myself more often when I'm talking about how bad the refs are with some random person that I run into that may say, hey, those football refs, they're really shitty, huh? I find myself saying, they, you know, they're doing the best they can. They, you know, it's it's a, it's a very they're, difficult they are, job. Yeah. They are, and they're also you like you said, the league is putting them in a very tough spot. All these points of emphasis, all these extra things that they have to watch, plus with with high def and all these camera angles where you can see how bad they're officiating the game. That's why I say, make everything reviewable. Because that's still scary as hell when you say that, though, because it just when you say that every time you say that, all I can think of is like five hour games, like every with the well, previous no, play is under review. <laughs> we're not taking we're not giving teams. We're not giving teams any more challenges. Right. But if you're going to call a blow to the head on the quarterback and he didn't get hit in the head or you're going to call. You know, some of these roughing the passer calls. It was roughing the passer on a sack. If you, you know, if you, uh, or missed face masks. How much have we talked about missed face masks the last, you know, year and a half? I do still see a ton of those every week. Oh yeah, I'm seeing guys' heads just jerking, like, like literally, like okay, that only happens. That that motion only happens when the dude's getting tugged by his face. And you still see it, and guys are getting up, like, grabbing the face mask. But all these refs can see all this other little ticky-tack shit, but they cannot see the ball carrier getting his face ripped. Yeah, I guess that's <sighs> one of those things that's in between enough bodies that, you, that I guess it's easy to miss, although sometimes it does right. seem like it's out in the open, too. In the open yeah, but you're field. telling me there's a, there's, a, there's a team, you know, you know, it's like you know, a few minutes left to go in the game. There's a team driving down the field, and you know it's third down, and the guy gets stopped short, and you know, oh, they're out of, you know, they, they have to punt. It, oh, wait a minute, you telling me if that coach threw the flag where there was an obvious face mask that they shouldn't be able to look at that and go, yeah, there was an obvious face mask on that penalty, 15 yards, boom, let's go. 
or the other way around where they call a face mask sometimes where there just isn't one there. Right. You know, yeah, well, that's where I come down on it. I'm going to agree with the part where you say they get rid of the challenges and maybe make that something that maybe upstairs uh, yeah, rings, down yeah, upstairs, upstairs could buzz in and say, hey, <clears throat> guys, you missed a blatant face mask. I'm done with the coaches challenging because oftentimes they're so out of position that they can't possibly have seen what happened anyway, and you're going to put the onus on them to have to challenge something that they may not have clearly seen at all, and they're right. waiting on their replay guys to sort of call them and say, hey, you should challenge this, and then they got to go fumble around for their red flag, which may be stuffed <laughs> in a delicate place that they can't get it out of. Or something. That, yeah. that old show is, is – I'm over that completely. I think they should take the no, challenge. My favorite, my favorite move is where a coach calls a timeout because they can't decide if they should challenge. Then they challenge <laughs> and lose. <laughs> We've Losing seen that. two timeouts in the process. Yeah, yes, we have. That happened multiple times. That's one of my favorites. So if they need to get rid of the challenge system, it's baseball. That one oh, yeah. is so broken. That challenge system in baseball where everything's got to be like the coach, hold up, hold hang up, on, hold up, hold on, up, hold on, up, hold up, hold on, up, hold hang up, hold up, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. No, oh, uh, no, 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 we're not going to challenge. <laughs> I'm almost Shit. ready to decide if I'm going to ch- – oh, wait. what do you mean we're, we're back from commercial already? You didn't give me enough time. Oh. Yeah, that the baseball challenge. I understand what baseball's trying to do. You know, in baseball, the, um, we, we've talked about, you know, all these – the Fox box or all that stuff where you can see, you know, where the pitch tracks and all that shit now. I mean, you can see how bad the umping is. You outside how bad – Oh yeah, you can or their balls right down the middle. They're calling balls. You can see how bad the officiating <laughs> is in all these sports now. And the technology is there to fix it, and they just won't do it. It's so frustrating. When you and I can sit on our couch at home and go, "Yeah, that's not a penalty." Yeah, that's a. What are these guys doing? Where all of a sudden you're the, you you see the flag? It's like what? Or you see something that you know is not a flag, but you totally expect the flag to come flying out. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. How, after every, how it looks, every heavy, every yeah. hard hit now is a flag. It's ruining watching the game because you can't just enjoy the game because after the play, you're looking around for where's where's the yellow flag? Right. Where's this? Where's the little thing on the screen that says flag to, to completely mess up this big play that I just saw? But that's why it's so funny. I know I referenced it on the show before when they when they when they spliced together and replayed that Super Bowl one. And they were showing it on NFL Network with all the old footage spliced together to show the complete game because there was so much footage that was lost. So they they spliced it together with like home movies and remain the, the existing broadcast footage and all of that. Every play would have been a penalty in today's NFL. Every hit was cheap, you know. Everything was dirty, but there was a flow to the game, and they're just completely taking the flow of the game away. I guess I would also be a little afraid, though, if they did let the game flow like that now with how much bigger and stronger the players are. You'd really yeah. have a bunch of injuries. You'd re- you'd have no one left. Well, it's also it's equipment to get it. differently. You know, these, those old guys used to have to wear a lot bulkier stuff. Yeah. Back and look at the shoulder pads that Mike Singletary had to wear and the get-ups that those guys all wore, you know, back in the 80s. 
and, and his defense. And look at what these guys are wearing now. I miss my old Brian Cox neck roll. I, I, I want to hashtag neck roll. Where where are those? Where are the neck rolls nowadays? Nobody's yeah. wearing those. No. Or those gigantic pads. You know? Like you go back and look at like, you know, Proper Earth and Singletary, you know, God, LT, even all these guys were wearing these big, you know, and you look at it now, even the helmets now are different. They look lighter and smaller. You know, they're you know they're making everybody more streamlined and faster. And obviously, if you make the players faster, and you, you're going to put them at higher risk. Well, the dolphins of linemen though are getting bigger. Their helmets are getting bigger. They're looking like the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones. They look like these humongous, oversized heads and helmets because they're trying to <laughs> protect all all the banging that they do, and you really can't protect that, but. Yeah, but they're trying, I guess. Yeah, everything is different nowadays. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what you're what you can really do about what, where the game is now and where it's going to be. All I know is I still continue to believe that more and more lawsuits get brought, more and more things about chronic traumatic encephalopathy get discovered. The, the game's not going to be this in 10, 15, 20 years. I just don't believe. No it's going to be this way. There's going to be some extremely radical change to the game of football where it won't be this. We'll be talk, we'll be, I'll be talking to your, your grandkids about the way football was played and, and showing them on YouTube the way, and it's going to look completely different from what they're going to be seeing in, in, in a couple of decades. Yeah. They'll just all be playing Madden. Well, besides, yeah, you know, they're doing that now too. They're, they're playing it, playing the, the, you mean playing the 2000 Madden back, you know, in, in 2030, they're going to go read you back for the 2000 Madden to play, you know, to play it the way it used to be played. No, they're just going to have Madden tournaments. They already do that on TV. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, the the esports. Yeah. That's because that's, I, I am blown away when I see on like ESPN and some of these stations where they're actually broadcasting video game tournaments and then they have announcers to try to make it sound exciting although it's mm-hmm. so fake like the world series of poker broadcasters I was just about where to say, that's where it all started so. where it's all mm-hmm. where it's clearly all dubbed in after the fact right yeah that's it where it started so when, you fake. The, when you get viewers that are that interested in seeing if chris moneymaker got the the last flop and was able to win the World Series of Poker, and, and people were actually interested in that. That's where it all started. I mean, you get an audience for people watching other people sit down and, and play a game. Yeah. You had a, the Scra- Scrabble be on uh, TV uh, if, if that keeps up. They have Scrabble tournaments on TV soon. They used to have, well, I remember watching the Scrabble video, uh, um, game show with Chuck Woolery. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You didn't remember? Yeah, see? I remember we're, it now. I told you we're, we're going back to We're going back to Scrabble with Chuck Woolery. That's uh, that's that is a that's going way back. That's back in the eighties. <laughs> well yeah. We're, just, we're all over the place today. <laughs> Anything to avoid talking about these games. It was it's been it's been it's been tough. 
I know it's been tougher for you than for me because I'm sort of been at this level all year, and where you're just you continually just keep kind of cratering every week, you know, and you keep coming back, keep coming back. The percentages just keep getting closer and closer. Now I'm getting at least I got a lock on you, so you know. I can't catch you all the way in the games. Maybe I can get ahead of you in the locks again and, and make this interesting somehow. But we're we're uh, almost all the teams now are halfway through, and it's yeah, we we don't have a clear picture of anything. We don't know. We're only three weeks away from Thanksgiving, actually two weeks away from Thanksgiving as of tomorrow, which is nuts when you think about it because we have an early Thanksgiving this year. Um, yeah, calendar wise, just crazy that we're already going to be into Gobble Week. You know, two weeks from now. I know because somebody was at work was talking to me about certain job functions that I have to do during Thanksgiving week because somebody else is going to be uh, absent. And mm-hmm. then I look at the I look at the calendar and realize how close that is. That's you know, the, the the start of the week, which is when I have to do the things that I have to do, is only a week and a half away. And it's like, wait, what? That that soon? Really? Wow. We're, we're six weeks we're six weeks from Christmas. Uh, yeah, don't don't remind me. I certainly haven't figured out what I'm getting anybody for, for Christmas yet. And that haven't some people have started their shopping and finished because that's that's how they are. Yeah, I don't wanna break that your would, heart or nothing, but I'm not, not sending you any no PS fours or nothing this year. Oh damn it. Well, I'll I'll be living off the glory of the one that you sent me for however long it lasts. <laughs> it should last a while. Those things were built pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Especially I'm not writing it every day like some people do, but uh, there are more and more things on there that make me want to consider using it every day. There's, there's just so many apps on there, you know. Yeah. That you can use it like a computer just about. What, and, and, you know, on some day you'll actually, like, do some next-gen, like, sports gaming. You'll actually get into, like, newer baseball game or, 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 or a newer football, you know. You, you'll have to retire Baron Armstrong. Do you still do that? I don't know. We haven't, you haven't no. talked about that in a while. Are you done? You're retired? Uh, I, I'm on hiatus. I, I, I haven't had the oh, time. Okay. But, you know, we, we had the, the all the trips and the cruises that we were running around getting ready for and now that uh we, we've done with those now there's yeah. work and, and my, my new work schedule and stuff like that and i just haven't had time to get back into it i, I kind of plan to in my mind and somewhere down the road i just don't know when i'm gonna do it but uh but yeah i'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hiatus is what i would call that yeah well especially in the summertime now between scoring the games and work you know all, yeah. you, you know all the things that go on so yeah life makes it hard i tell Excuse me, I'll tell you, I, you know, used to be a prolific video game player, and I, I hardly can find time for it anymore. It's like, because when I do get the rare moment, days. when I do get the, yeah, when I do get the rare moment where it's like, the, I, I could squeeze that in, it's like, I just don't feel like getting into something. It's like, you know what, I'm going to play a game for an hour or two, and then I won't be able to do it again for a month, so what's the point? Yeah, exactly. So, and, 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 you know, sometimes you'd rather you get that hour of free time or whatever. You'd rather do something that doesn't take any concentration or anything like, yeah, you know, watch a movie or watch a TV show or something. Just yeah, relax. catch up on a show, do some laundry. Yeah. You got that right. Just chill. Just be. 
<laughs> exist for a little while. Because I'm I'm in the middle. You know, I was off work all weekend, and now I'm in the middle of a really long work stretch right here. So I'm I'm thinking uh, Saturday. I'm I should be good for Saturday. Okay. I know we're going to be wrapping up a family Christmas thing, so it might be a little. We might have to go a little later on Saturday, but let's still shoot for nine, uh-huh. and I'll let you know. Because well, my kids are going to be in bed by eight o'clock at the latest, anyways. So, um, not the Thanksgiving thing, not Christmas. If I said Christmas, I did not mean Christmas. I meant Thanksgiving. No, we got to. Okay. I certainly understand that. That starts yeah, uh-huh. all the family stuff starts now where we're doing we gotta go we gotta go see all the different people. <laughs> yeah, we that was our first uh last week was our first Friday pick show of the season. And of course we're uh for any new listeners, that's gonna be something that happens a couple times in December because you'll have a Saturday where you're doing a, like a Christmas party or something. Yeah and won't be able to do it the show. And I'll have and a we'll have some Saturday games. You know, usually when we get really late into the season, they'll creep us a couple Saturday games on us too. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule about that. That's I think week fifteen. We're gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be. Yeah. I think the Bears are playing the Lions in like in a Saturday afternoon game or something like that. So why? What do we need that for? <laughs> Wait, I, I, oh, I, I know why. Uh oh. No. It's handy. That's a handy yeah. drop. <laughs> Answer that question before you could even ask it. Um, I don't think I have too many other things about uh, week nine that I wanted to say, except for this one thing to make you kind of scared of uh, of the Saints. We did discuss the Saints a little bit, but um, on one of those recap shows, they brought up this one uh, that really stunned me. There's only been two teams. Uh, in the Super Bowl era that started 0-2 and immediately followed that with a six-game winning streak. You remember them both. Emmitt Smith's Cowboys in 93. Remember he had a holdout and he didn't play the first two games and he went 0-2 and everybody lost their shit. Oh my God, what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys? They lost two games and now there there must be a huge problem. So they settle that up and and, and it comes in and they immediately run off six in a row. Um, And Eli Manning's uh, Giants in 07 started going to what's wrong with the New York Giants? Again, Tom Coughlin on the verge. He's got the hot seat. He's going to get fired. Get it. And if, every, if Tom Coughlin was about to get fired, what would he do? He uh, got to go. Got to go in a Super Bowl. Got to go to, the, like you say, go to Home Depot and get some rope. Got to gotta find some more rope. Give me some more rope. I got I to gotta, I gotta extend it out. Uh, so the 93 Cowboys and the 07 New York Giants, the only two teams to start 0-2 and then go on a six-game win streak to go 6-2, and and both of those teams wound up winning the Super Bowl. And here are the New Orleans Saints who started 0-2 and had people like me laughing at them and, and people like you laughing at the defense. And now six wins in a row turned everything around, looked like a totally different team. And this wide-open NFL this year, neither one of us can be surprised if the Saints wind up winning it all at the end, right? Uh, the Saints would need some things to go their way. Number one, they're not going on the road. They need home field advantage if they're going to have any chance. They are. I'm sorry, 
they're not going out in the elements and winning on the road in the playoffs. Well, this is the one team at the moment, halfway through the year, that can really say they have a, a solid hand on having home field over them. But the only one would be the Eagles. I don't know if I trust the Eagles to knock off the Saints at home in the in the playoff game. Uh, I would, I I'd, I'd lean that way. Um, that Eagles, that Eagles defense, and now that that like four headed running attack, they they've got something pretty good going on there in Philadelphia if they can keep this going. Um, you know they're looking they're looking good. I keep waiting. We keep waiting for them to to shit the bed. Now it's almost like we we want them to because you know it's like we keep waiting for it. So like, come on, guys, start sucking. Well, I think in a just from an experience standpoint that I would probably lean the Saints right now, uh, trusting Drew Brees in that spot over, over Carson Wentz. So I guess I continue to shit on the Eagles, even in a, in a hypothetical situation. Um, but yeah, other two division leaders have the same record as the Saints, so that, that could be the way when you talk about the Vikings and the Rams. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the Saints have to go on the road, that's all I'm saying. If the Saints got to go to Minnesota, if the Saints have to go to Seattle, I, I don't know about, I'm not going to say if they have to go to LA. I'm just not going there yet. Um <laughs> I can't can't do it if they have to go to if they have to go to Philly. I'm just not taking them on the road. If they can somehow squeak their way into playing that game at home, I give them as good a chance as anybody to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, just I'm because of how wide open it is. But I just don't trust the. Come on, it's the Saints on the road. Look, the Saints went to Seattle, in, thirteen point under uh, thirteen point favorites or whatever it was, and couldn't beat a seven and nine team. Oh, well, that's almost ancient history at this point. Um, yeah, but uh, there was still the, that's still that same quarterback and that same coach. <laughs> Say it. Yes. Tracy Porter right. still hasn't reemerged from the wormhole <laughs> that Marshawn Lynch pushed him into. Not, not too many other elements are the same from back then, but I, I understand what you're saying, that the Saints as a road team have historically well, been. Well, if you could wait a minute. I, I could use this. If you could pull out historical stuff like the Dallas Cowboys going 0-2 and, and, and the New York Giants doing it 11, you know, 10 years ago. I could pull out the Saints, the team that we're talking about. I could pull that reference out. It's just as valid as, as your stat. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I guess I'm just saying in this NFL right now, nothing would surprise me. And the, and the Saints making that three teams to start 0-2 and then run off a six-game streak and win in the Super Bowl, I actually wouldn't be surprised. I, I can't really say much of anything would surprise me at this point. No, if we want to absolutely watch the NFL rankings and ratings just completely get obliterated, we need to start pushing for a Jags-Rams Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus. That would be the lowest-rated Super Bowl maybe of all time. <laughs> and it's yet not an impossibility. It's not. This year, those are two of the better teams in the league. I, I can't deny oh. that. Oh. <laughs> as crazy as it's true, though, the Rams and the Jaguars are two of the best. So I'm they, glad, got as I'm good glad shot as one of us had. I mean, I, I feel I still feel stupid that I had the Bucks in the Super Bowl, but at least I didn't have the Giants in the Super Bowl. 
That would be a massive embarrassment. But the Bucks are just as bad. They're bad too. Oh, now Jameis Winston goes hurt. Yeah. And now we get uh, turnover Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Patrick Fitzryan back in the saddle. Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever his name is. Patrick Fitzryan? Yeah. It's time I, I, for Pat. No, I did I did that on purpose. Somebody did that okay. years ago. I don't even remember who. Oh, my God. Yeah, turnover Bernie Sanders. So at least we, we don't have any interception Santa right now, but we can have turnover Bernie Sanders. He he won, you know, fr, you know free picks for everybody. <laughs> don't care who's paying for him, just everybody gets a pick. Everybody everybody gets a turnover. You can have a fumble, you can have a pick. It doesn't matter. He's just giving it away. But it, it is time for bed, and we we will get sniped. So unless you had anything else. I am. I'm. I'm good. I'm. I'm. I'm getting the taste of this last week out of my mouth, just like I have all the previous weeks. It's becoming. <laughs> geez. It's getting hard getting these bad tastes out of my mouth. Geez, it's like I'm Kevin Spacey or something. Gosh. Way too soon. Way too soon? <laughs> well, no, apparently it's not too soon, because apparently a lot of this stuff happened a long time ago, you know. <laughs> just say it. But the revelations, we, we just found out about them. So way too Man, soon. it's, it's pretty, all... I, I, He's got to feel like Ezekiel Elliott right now. All these guys. Because <laughs> all it takes is allegations. You don't have to go to jail. You don't have to get arrested. Nothing's got to happen. You just lose your job. You know, that's it. Roger Goodell must be moving into Hollywood because all it takes is somebody to point a finger at somebody and and, and make an accusation about something. That's it. You're done. You're you're dead to me. That's me. They don't want it to be a Bill Cosby thing where they don't do anything, and then here come four (laughs) hundred other people saying the same thing. Oh, and it's yeah, it's it's they're, they're coming like two at a time now. All right. They, they don't. They don't want the yeah. the floodgates to open, and then everyone goes, "Well, what? what huh? Why did you still keep this guy employed?" They're, they're trying to be productive, I guess. How ironic is it, though, no. that this guy stars on a show called House of Cards, and, and that's exactly what's happening to his career? Yeah, I made that connection too when I saw that uh, House of Cards is stopping production after this year, and they may fire Kevin Spacey. Oh, really? Somebody's house of cards really crashed, man. It's, it's prophetic. Very much. Wow. I was gonna say, life the, imitates the, art. But the, the art king imitates of too life. soon, actually. The, the king of too soon today is some schmuck. I don't, I'm not going to find his name or anything like that. Somebody had the gall to go on, I think, a Boston, a Boston sports talk show host to, to make fun of Roy Halladay for dying in the plane crash. You 